0: Leadership File, on Premier. Welcome to the show which helps you lead where God has placed you. I'm Andy Peck. One of the challenges of our 24-hour news multimedia world is that we soon get to hear of the sadnesses of that world, and especially awful stories of the way children are treated. Most of us feel utterly powerless to do anything and simply feel pain when we hear the news and get on with our day. Thankfully, there are Christian charities that are involved in helping, and one such is Viva UK, a charity which, in its own words, aims to bring lasting change to vulnerable children. The stats are impressive. 1.2 million children helped in 26 countries, and they have a very special approach which comes from its early roots. To talk about the charity and leadership themes arising from it, I'm joined by Katie Thompson, who helped launch Viva in 1996 and is the Doorsteps Network Consultant, an exciting initiative that's helping many vulnerable children in the UK. So welcome, Katie, to Leadership File.
1: Thank you, Andy.
0: Great Great to have you on. I mean, the charity has fascinating origins, so perhaps you could tell us about them and the part that you played back in the early days.
1: Yes, well it was um, the mid-1990s and at the time um, some of the big issues in um, third world cities were around street children um, children living on the street working on the street um, and um, dislocated from their families Um, and a number of uh, students um, in and around Oxford um, began to gather to pray about this and I was one of them and what had happened was We'd all, in various ways, been working with street children sort of in gap years or prior to to meeting in Oxford and were really, really, really um, troubled by what was happening and how we could help. And we were connected up with this fellow called Patrick, um, who um, is a a Danish guy, Danish-Irish origins. um, And he, um, like various of us, had been um, working in a street children's project in latin america had become a christian in the process um and as had i in the the process of working with street children Really, okay. um yes and and he had been working with a great project run by youth of the mission in in santa cruz bolivia but the project really struggled to make a lasting change in the lives of the kids they were working with and he sort of was thinking there mu- there must be people who have the answers to these questions this that this project has um, how to how to best work with the children how to get legal status as a charity how to train staff um, how to make the most impact and um, so he decided he would do um, a research trip throughout Latin America visiting the various um, cities where the issue of street children was really was really prevalent and, and find out who was working. And what he found was that in all these cities, there were many Christians, saints in the slums, we like to call them, who were working day in, day out tirelessly um, with children living on the street. But they were so heads down in the ministry they were doing, they they weren't connecting up with other people. And one of the stories um, that we often tell about the early days is um, being in Paraguay. Um, And in one of the cities in Paraguay, and Patrick um, did his research, finding the different projects, looking at the local directory, seeing who was working where, and went to visit a number of these different projects, only to find out that they were all feeding street children on the same day. So going to various parks in the city, taking food. Street children had got savvy to this, but the thing was, they all had a great meal on this one day of the week. Mm. And Patrick thought, we better gather them together, (laughs) begin to share a bit of information. And as a result of that, they thought, this is silly, and coordinated their activities so that they went um, to the the various parks on the different days of the week. So then the children had food um, more days of the week. Now, obviously, that's just the very beginning, because if you give a street child food while they're living on the street then it kind of keeps them in that way. So then, um, well, that's basically kind of going on to story. I'm going off the plot, sorry. But um, that was the beginning of thinking, you know what? Churches are and Christians are really responding to the needs of children in their communities. But what's missing is a, a group that facilitates them to work well together and to have a more coordinated approach and to have a more effective um, outreach to the children in need in that community. And that's the very, early, very earliest origins of Viva. Um, and I came along and met Patrick uh, shortly after he'd returned from that research trip and began um, to work with him, supporting and encouraging those very early groups Um, Of projects that he had met in the various cities uh, encouraging them to think about how they could work better together to have a more coordinated approach to the work they were doing and how they could grow and become the projects that God had called them to be how they could overcome some of their teething troubles if you like
0: Right, Uh, and at this point were you um, in another job somewhere else? Was this volunteer time? Were you supported by friends? Yes, well
1: I... um, it was all it was all volunteer time initially. So um, we were all in our early twenties, um, supposed to be looking for our first paycheck. Um, I I met up with Patrick when I had a call with my careers advisor from university, and he was saying, hmm, "Sounds like it's a little bit back to the drawing board." And um, I I met Patrick and was very inspired by his his vision, which was essentially that, you know, churches working in these communities, Christians working in these communities are like individual lights, and if you join those lights together, it becomes this massive blaze of light, and that's really about, you know, kind of prophetically, I guess, God's kingdom coming um, for children in these communities. So I was so inspired by that, I thought, right, while I'm looking for my real first job, I will volunteer with with Patrick and, and um, the early other prayer group as I mentioned at the beginning. I'll volunteer and, and help get together um, this directory of projects that we were developing. But then as time went on I was so in love with what Viva was trying to do that um, I stopped looking for that next job and um, instead we all began by asking friends and family and um, our local churches to pray for us, which then that grew into them beginning to financially support us a little bit. So initially we were all like, working like missionaries, raising our own support um, to do the work that we really believe God was calling us to do.
0: Oh, it's fa- fabulous, fabulous. Um, I mean, it's one thing for a charity to determine an approach that serves a situation, uh, but quite another, if you like, to try and get, Connections and partnerships. Uh, I mean, your literature talks of the four C's in your approach, all beginning with C. Uh, I don't know if you can briefly just outline those for us.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, all the stories I was just telling you about are really about connecting people together and then seeing what happens through those connections. So, um, the four C's really describe the journey that Viva now supports churches to go on. From um, learning who's doing what, where in their local area, connecting together, um, and beginning to identify what are the key needs affecting children in our community that we'd really love to see change, Um, and then often in that process they also identify the things about their projects and how they're working that that need to grow. So the first C is connecting, the second C is capacity building. So. Viva comes along with um, tried and tested programmes that help develop the capacity of the projects themselves, making sure that you know they've got good bank accounts, they've got legal status, they know how to do good child protection, they know how to think about their programmes and design their projects. Um, so that's all about developing a great project. And then we also have various programmes around training the workers in those projects because often um, the workers, staff and volunteers don't have, training for the work they're doing with children so um, after connecting and capacity building we then um, go on and support these emerging networks to think about what more can we do together we now know each other we now feel like we have um, quite good training to do what we do but what's the more that we can do we know that we're working well with the children in our projects but there's so many more children in this city that we're not working with we're not reaching and often at this point, they've identified um, a key issue, so it might be violence, it might be children being separated from families that they begin to work on together, and we call that c- collected action, collective action. Um, and when I talk about networks, these are networks of churches, um, and as they do these joint programs together, they build a bit more credibility um, and have a bit more profile in the city where they're working. Um, and so then, our fourth C is about citywide influence. So these these churches connected together in a network actually can um, have more of a voice to engage with government and other other actors, other agencies in the city, um, to have even more solid, far-reaching programs that really impact children. So, um, for instance, in um, in Kampala, Uganda, which is um, one of our our key cities where we have a network growing, Uh, their collective action has really been around um, reintegrating children into families. And now they've returned um, 1,700 children to families. They've got a really good name with the government for doing that. And so they're working together with the government and other big international agencies for that to be a a much stronger, more um, coherent program that has a far-reaching impact across Kampala, you know, to, to really see um, children not going into orphanages, but being either returned to their biological family or to foster families. Mm-hmm. So those are the four Cs, connecting, capacity building, collective action and citywide influence. <clears throat>
0: that's a fascinating, uh, Katie. Thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, and that's going to be a useful, I think, framework for people who are thinking about this kind of, kind of work. Um, you, you also uh, have been involved in something in Oxfordshire, with uh doorsteps uk you're a De- doorsteps network consultant so perhaps you could explain a little about that because that's fascinating a bit more uh, nearer to home
1: yes um well yes yeah, so um doorsteps is our oxford-based network and the history of that um really goes back to um a case of child sexual exploitation that, that hit the headlines and really rocked our world as an organisation in, in Oxford um, for, four or five years ago now. Um, I was living in a community house in Oxford, which is um, designed to be a sign of God's kingdom in the community, walking down the road to Viva's offices, working on behalf of vulnerable children overseas. Um, and then all of a sudden, it hit the headlines that girls were being abused, exploited and trafficked, uh, including from a, a guest house right on the road that I walked along to work. And so for us as a team in Oxford, that really shook us in terms sure. of where's, where is our integrity? We say we exist to serve churches and vulnerable children all over the world. And here in our own community, it's happening. Un, you know under our noses and we didn't know what are we doing about this on our doorstep so um, well, okay that- katie
0: can you um i'm gonna have an ad break now and then we'll come back so listeners are going to be on the edge of their seats okay to hear the All story right. of what you're going to do so you've been listening to leadership fire we've got katie thompson here from viva uk we'll be back just after this Welcome back to Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by Katie Thompson, helped launch Viva in 1996 and is the Doorsteps Network Consultant. And very rudely, just before the break, I uh, interrupted her she was telling us the story of how some uh, ministry started within Oxford itself. So Katie, carry on.
1: Yes, so um, we we really began to pray about what contribution Viva could make in the UK. Um, Historically, we've really only worked in... um, the two-thirds world or overseas and you know this was about working in a western context and we're thinking you know some things are similar some things are really different but let's just see what contribution can can viva make um to um the situation of um vulnerable children right here in our own community so um we started a research project getting out and talking to people what are the most significant needs affecting children in the community what are churches doing in response to that um And how can working together make a difference? Um, And what we discovered was churches were really longing to um, make more of a difference in their community, um, but they weren't that connected with others. They wanted to be strategic, but they weren't quite sure how. So doorsteps has really emerged out of that. We've been um, gathering together um, interested churches around Specific areas of need. So the research we did showed that the greatest needs for young people were um, low self-esteem, lack of aspiration and vision for life and difficulty entering employment and for families, unstable family life um, and household poverty. And so um, we now have um, a number of partnerships of churches working to address those issues. Um, For instance, we've got a, a a, a program for um, young people who are struggling in school, um, and schools refer them to this after school project, which is all around peer mentoring and they gain a vocational qualification and that 's very much a partnership program and then one of the other things has been a family befriending scheme you know at, at the moment in in u k with with um, the constraints on council budgets there 's a lot of change going on, so one of the things for for us has been um, supporting churches and community groups to work together and see it as an opportunity. Yes, there's now um, kind of a dearth of places to refer young people to um, and, you know, everybody's budgets are constrained, but together we can do so much more. So we're looking at what's the more we can do um, with the less resources that there are, and a lot of that is to do with with working together.
0: Sure. Uh, And I I intimated in the break that a lot of folk are aware and they feel sad about for example the way which children are treated in our society but they they, they know there's because they don't know what to do mm. they can't go to that place and they hope someone somewhere is doing something and you're actually giving some models giving some approaches which could be replicated in their own uh, situation
1: yes yes that's right so i mean the thing i'd say to um to local churches um wherever you are in the uk you know that we've got um, a number of steps that we are encouraging churches to go through the first is to think about how child friendly is your your church step one how are how are the services um conducted are they welcoming to children um what about other church activities and um sunday school children's church that kind of thing having a look at that and thinking. Um, how are we doing in that, is that welcoming? The next thing is then really to think about, okay, what what could we do as a church? Um, what's the one thing we could do to connect with children and families outside the church? You know, a holiday club or a homework club or um, a parent and toddler event. And lots of churches already do that. Um, so then the question is, is there anything else we could do? Because it's an incredible opportunity, I think, um, in this generation to really connect with, with um, children and families. Um, and then the next step after that is really thinking about connecting up with others. You know, what are the gaps in our community that could be better addressed if a number of our, our ch- local churches work together? You know, there may not be a great deal of capacity in any one single church. Churches are often... Stretched doing what they're already doing, but actually, do we have um three or four or five people from local churches with a similar interest in doing a holiday club or um putting on um a a lunch for local mums or something like that that it would be hard for one church to do, but together's much easier. Um, and there are lots of good tried-and-tested models out there. So it's not a case of needing to reinvent the wheel. I don't know. um, um, Cinnamon Network, for instance, are a great organisation that are profiling these sort of programmes that are uh, up and running in places around the country and can be replicated.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I heard of a woman who'd... uh, There was a problem with lunch, finding lunches in the... the, um holiday time exactly so, you know, yes. so they you know those low incomes were provided with lunches but in the holidays nobody did and she was exactly. able to set something up for that kind of so they didn't go hungry in the in the uh, in the holidays which you know is a very basic but a very very, very profound change to their lives so um,
1: exactly so it's, and a lot of these things very simple ideas but like you say often people um not quite sure how to take the first step or it's too much for one person, but that's where I think working together and learning from other models that are working, you know, you've got you've got your starter for 10 there. Hmm. And, and the other thing I think that's really important is for churches to um, approach local authority, local council, and just say, what are your needs and how can we support? Hmm. Hmm. Um, um, what we're finding is that um, local authorities are, uh, are quite pragmatic these days about working with churches. They're not so worried about a Christian message because they are really needing to partner with others because they, they see the gaps that, yes. um, with changes to, to budgets, they, they, can't, they can't fill.
0: Uh, I mean, this is a big question, Katie, but what have you been learning about leadership in these the last few decades of, of being involved in all this?
1: Uh, it's a great question. Um, I think for me, um, I always come back to the fact that it's about my relationship with God um, me growing to be more like Jesus and loving others as he loved them and having his eyes to see um the gifts and skills in other people and and calling those out you know and 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 seeing the person that god has created them to be and, in, and empowering them towards that in that sense so um and i think it's about um in inspiring inspiring each other um that there's so much more that we can do and that God, God is on the side of those who are, who are struggling. So in that sense, I guess, I think for me, I'm learning a lot that leadership's about modeling and that um, actions speak louder than words and it's about living the life and serving um, and being as transparent as possible about what God's doing in my life and what, um, what's going on so that I, I'm, I don't have any agenda, you know, other than loving Jesus and his kingdom. And I think that really helps then um, in building trust with um, the team that I'm part of and others that I'm living alongside. Um, so I think, you know, if a group of people trust each other, there's no end to, to what they can do together um, in terms of God's kingdom.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, Katie, I imagine like most charities, Viva would value financial support prayer support etc how could people get to know more about what you do
1: well I think checking out the website is always a really great place to start so um, www.viva.org and um, yes there's lots lots going on there lots to pray for and I mean the doorsteps
0: initiative that you're involved with uh, can people find out more about that as well yes
1: Yes, yeah, so on the um, on the website, there's various tabs, one of which is in the UK. And we are hoping that what we've learnt and what's happening in Oxford, you know, we could join up with th- similar things happening in other cities. I know there's lots of partnership working going on um, between churches and other places. And, you know, we're excited to see how we can add value to that. Um, so, yes, definitely on our website or getting in touch with me
0: well that's fabulous thank you for you know for, for making that suggestion i mean certainly as we look at our nation and some of the challenges that are faced by the austerity measures perhaps but also by you know declining family life etc and all Especially, the yeah. all the knock-on effects for children uh it's just fabulous to see and to hear about charities like yourselves that are, are making a real impact and also modeling that for other christians so thank you
1: thank you andy
0: So you've been listening to The Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I was uh, joined this week by Katie Thompson. Uh, So the uh, website, again, Katie of Viva, is uh, www.viva.org.
1: That's right, yes.
0: Not not UK at the end.
1: No, www.viva.org.
0: So you can go to that website and find out more of uh, of Katie's work and of Viva's work, both obviously working overseas, but we focus particularly on a, a project she was involved uh, have been involved with uh, in the UK. Uh, you can listen obviously to archive versions of a leadership filing, including this one, by going to Premier's website and uh, going to the leadership file and get the lead shot for our podcast you can download it to your listening device you can uh, log on to itunes and become a regular subscriber so uh, thank you for your company thank you to katie for uh, all that you've shared katie
1: thank you
0: and thank you for for tuning in i look forward to your company again next sunday at 3 30